Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am joined by Ashir from Talos Outreach. Thanks for coming on, Ashir. Always fun to talk to you. Hey, John. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, this is like the the third or fourth time, honestly, that we've covered Lazarus Group, uh, this podcast. So I know we're going to be, for some folks who are religious listeners, we might be kind of retreading some territory. But we have new research out on Lazarus Group this week that I'll be linking to in the show notes. I wanted to get you on kind of just to talk about what's new with them, what they're doing right now, kind of what we're following. But let's start with a primer for the Lazarus group for somebody who might not know. Can you kind of just give us an overview of what this group is exactly and what they're traditionally known for? The Lazarus group is an APT group widely attributed to North Korea. The group aggressively conducts attacks that are aimed to either carry out espionage or data theft or disruptive attacks. Now, over the years, we have observed Lazarus create and deploy a variety of implants and conduct a variety of hands-on keyboard activities in compromised enterprises all around the world. And when I say all around the world, it is literally all around the world. There is no specific industry vertical that this APT goes after. They go after everyone, all different kinds of domains and uh, verticals around the world. And we're looking at them again now because we spotted them using a new Trojan that we called Quite Rat. This malware is particularly different from payloads that we're used to seeing them dropping. Like, is it really that different or is it kind of one of their standard operating procedures here? And what kind of specifics can you tell us about Quite Rat? During this campaign, we observed uh, two different implants. One is called QuietRat and the other is CollectionRat. And these are new new implants that we're disclosing as part of our research tracking Lazarus in 2023. QuietRat is an implant that is similar to MagicRat. And MagicRat is an implant that we dis- disclosed last year as part of our two blog series on Lazarus. Both these implants, QuietRat and MagicRat, are based on the QT framework. For those of us that don't know, the Qt framework is a cross-platform framework, and it is especially popular for creating applications with GUI, a, a graphical user interface. QuietRat is most likely a derivative of MagicRat and consists of similar capabilities, with the key difference being that the attackers have tried to compact MagicRat, which was huge in size, into a smaller implant in the form of QuietRat. Then on the other hand, you have CollectionRat, which is a slightly different implant implementation-wise, and it consists of an MFC wrapper over the actual implant. CollectionRat has the ability to run arbitrary commands on the infected system via a reverse shell, so it's equally potent and equally lethal uh, when it comes to operating in a compromised uh, enterprise. I am curious how these are different from past rats that we've wrote about because, like you said, we've published several blogs on them by now of all these different rats that they're putting out there. So how are these any different from some of the past ones that we've disclosed? So the the end goal remains the same. It's to establish long-term persistence in an enterprise network and use these different types of rats as a vehicle for hands-on keyboard activity and for deploying additional plugins and payloads, right? There is a tactic that is typical to Lazarus, which is they will generate implants, small and light implants at the speed of light. Like every year, they'll come out with two or three new types of implants, uh, which may be backdoors or which may be rats. They are uh, implemented in different ways. They are stitched together to have different kinds of functionalities. You know, uh, one implant can have a key logger capability, while the other can have a key logger and file management capability. So the, the implants are semantically very similar, 
but uh, tactfully they are very different when it comes to the environments that they are deployed in and for the purposes that they are deployed in magic rat was used as a vehicle for initial access but there are other implants that are used as a vehicle for long term access you know magic rat makes way for other implants like tiger rat and yama bot and stuff like that so that is where the key difference is in the way that these rats are typically used most of these are all remote access trojans so you know they basically serve the same purpose they try to give you as much uh, the operator as much uh, capability as possible there are certain key and subtle differences which is why we give them different names so that we can track these families across different intrusion sets and then in, speaking of like lazarus groups trends and motivations in general one of the things that i talked about on the show a few weeks ago with jacob from tini is that some threat actors are pivoting more toward data theft extortion versus quote-unquote traditional ransomware. You know, are are we seeing anything along those lines with Lazarus Group, or do we generally assess their motivations and end goals to kind of be the same? So they they have a three-pronged approach, right? They'll either conduct espionage operations or data theft uh, or money-making operations or disruptive attacks. And they use a wide variety of malware to achieve that goal. They can use uh, rats, they can use rans- different types of ransomware, they can do different types of open source software and so on and so forth. Something that we've observed uh, in the latest campaign is um, the use of open source tools in the initial access phase. So earlier, we saw Lazarus almost exclusively use open source tools such as Impacket in the post-compromise phase. But now in this campaign, we saw the use of a, a open source framework called Dimos C2. This is it's a framework that's very similar to a Cobalt Strike or Sliver. And uh, this framework was used as a means of initial access to establish an initial foothold into the system as opposed to um, using it in the post-compromise phase. So that's one thing, one, one tactic that we've uh, seen them uh, shift across in terms of their code and in terms of their implants. And the other thing that we said about this group is that they're using code bases and malware that have previously been leaked online. This was the subject of a totally separate blog post that you guys worked on. Uh, and again, this is a trend that we've written about uh, and have published over the past like month or so. Uh, so what can you kind of tell us about how code reuse or open source tools either kind of helped or hindered our investigation in this case? Because I know when threat actors use open source tools, it can kind of be a catch-22 where like, oh, it makes attribution harder, but it sometimes it can make our lives easier because we kind of already know what we're dealing with. So, uh, Yes, definitely. If there's a commodity malware or an open source tool that a threat actor is using that makes attribution way harder, sometimes we do get lucky. And um, for example, in this campaign, we saw the continued use of infrastructure uh, that Lazarus was using in previous campaigns. That same infrastructure was used uh, in this campaign as well, which allowed us to connect various components, uh, you know, Quiet Rat and Dimos C2 and uh, Collection Rat, all of these together. That is what proved advantageous to us, tracking their infrastructure repeatedly and proactively so that it led to the discovery of new implants. Lazarus implants do tend to reuse uh, code snippets, you know, in, in attempts to reduce development efforts. If you're, if you're innovating and if you're creating uh, three or four implants every year, three or four new implants every year, then, you know, at some point in time, the threat actor is going to try and reduce their development efforts and code reuse is one way of, you know, reducing that development overhead. They also put a lot of effort 
to obfuscate their implants you know and they will do it just enough to evade traditional detection mechanisms they will you know semi obfuscate or completely obfuscate their implants depending on what they feel like we we've, we've seen code reuse and even methods of obfuscation being reused again and again by lazarus which helps us uh link different implants together all right well uh i mean that's kind of all the questions i had for you is there anything else though about this new research that we put out that i didn't cover already that you feel like's important uh lazarus is a highly motivated threat actor with a long history of successful compromises under the belt you know from social engineering and phishing to exploiting public facing servers lazarus has done it all For example last year we discovered that Lazarus was exploiting the log4j vulnerability and this current campaign that we uh, that we'll be disclosing uh, exploited a vulnerability in the manage engine service test product to deploy uh, quietrat right so uh, because they've done everything they've done everything from phishing to exploiting servers and exploiting uh, uh, known vulnerabilities defense in depth is absolutely paramount when dealing with such adversaries and organizations need to ensure that they are protected across multiple attack surfaces because these attackers will try everything in their arsenal to try and compromise and uh, eventually uh, you know pawn uh, an organization and that's what organizations need to be aware of you need to have defense in depth so that you can have a layered defense model All right, awesome. Well, thanks as always for coming on the show Ashir and talking about your work. I know that this has been like kind of a busy time for you guys, so I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, uh, John. And since we've spoken Lazarus uh, about Lazarus so much, maybe next time we'll invite them over on the on the podcast. Yeah, hey, listen. Uh, <laughs> I am actually not even going to say anything funny because <laughs> I don't even want to poke them there. 